Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Untamed Life. Um, Last week, I did an episode on the laws of harmonious living with my love, my honey, Mark. We were in um, Mexico for like 10 days. I was coming up a women's retreat. I'm like, man, there was just so much beauty, harmony around us. We're starting to find a new rhythm, a new flow within us. And it was awesome to do that podcast with him. And today, what I really want to do is continue, continue into like a part two almost of that and share some of the laws and core beliefs, like at least five, maybe I'll throw a bonus one in there. The five, you know, five of the core beliefs that I hold that really have become laws of abundant living, like prosperity consciousness. And, um, I just want to share those with you guys. I just, again, I exited this week. I just came home last night and literally been gone for two weeks. And it was just one thing after the next of beauty, of grace, of flourishing, of serving amazing women, serving amazing men, connecting with amazing women, like staying in the most beautiful locations. And every time I was like, man, it does not get any more beautiful than this. And there was like even more amazing food and location and conversation and deeper levels of intimacy with my husband as we were having like conversations about everything, our hearts, our dreams, our vision, our sex life. And, um, it's just like overwhelming. I talk about this a lot lately because it literally feels like I have been getting doused in this beautiful waterfall, like gush of so much goodness. And we were reflecting back and I'm like, wow, we've really like only quote unquote, it's been three or four years and God has revealed so much and opened up so much. And I have surrendered so much that um, really my life is so indistinguishable today to how it used to be. I live so differently. My identity has upgraded so many times. Um, Financially, I'm in a completely different place, energetically, emotionally, my health, everything. And there has been so much abundance and so much prosperity. And I'm really hot on this topic of wealth consciousness, prosperity consciousness, as I continue to go deeper in my work. So I want to share today some of the the supernatural laws for abundant living, a life of true prosperity, which to me, that's what wealth consciousness is. So again, why I've been inspired to do this for a couple of reasons. The first one is um, I have met so many people in my own life, including myself in the past. Um, You know, my ex's family had a lot of financial money in the bank accounts. I've worked with many, many clients who came from very wealthy families, had more than enough, like so much from the world standards. They had everything. And yet they felt so incomplete. They felt so isolated. They felt so alone and really locked in fear. So I've met people and I've worked with people and I've lived with people that 
literally from the outside, you're like, how on earth could you feel so empty, so alone, so isolated when you are surrounded with so much stuff and so much wealth, quote unquote, wealth, financial wealth. We'll talk about that in a second. And then I've met people like my mom, you know, she is the most loving, abundantly loving, abundantly joyful, abundantly serving um, woman. And I met so many other beautiful people across cultures, tribes, um, countries here at home where from the outside, it doesn't look like they have a lot at all. You're like, man, they have such simple, really simple, simple lives. They don't have a lot of financial um, wealth as we would talk from the world's measures, but they have everything. Like they're overflowing with joy and laughter and there's music and their hearts and their homes and they're so giving and they're so full and, and I'm just, and they're so content, right? And so we're like, okay, what's going on? What is this wealth conversation? The world standards tell us that wealth looks one way. And then we see people that are uber wealthy and are miserable. We see people who are uber wealthy and are super happy. Then we see people who have nothing and are super miserable. And then we have people who have nothing by the world standards and have everything. So like, I feel like we kind of need to redefine a little bit what wealth is, what prosperity consciousness is. And uh, so I want to share a couple insights. So I wanted to, you know, I'm so inspired by this because I had to wrestle with a lot of my beliefs around wealth, prosperity, financial prosperity, um, redefining what that looks like, upgrading all of my belief systems around this. Because, you know, we all have our stories from when we grew up, and I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I had to do a lot of work with my relationship with money, especially because I felt very abundant in other areas of my life. And I had those abundance blueprints in many areas, right? And they've slowly been implementing and integrating into my life as I get older. I think we kind of go through these seasons that we start with one arena and then we get the next, you know, blueprints installed in the next ones until we finally realize like, oh, wow, I can actually have a fully abundant life in all arenas. So growing up, I saw a lot of people that, again, would be people of faith or in the spiritual community or in the Christian community or whatever, but then really struggled with money. And I was like, what is going on with that? That doesn't seem right to me. Like, why are we really supposed to be poor forever? So I already talked about like having to upgrade my relationship with money. So one of my laws, as we're going to unpack here is really like redefining a lot of that poverty consciousness that comes from a lot of, um, like really, you know, either spiritual backgrounds, religious backgrounds, service-based backgrounds, healers, um, service workers, right? People who just like really want to pour and give to the world that maybe have felt like it's wrong to have money. It's wrong to be financially wealthy or whatever. And then you have other people who have a lot of financial wealth, but don't have any time wealth, right? They have a lot of money in the bank account, but they are time poor. And I did a podcast on this recently or a while back where their time bank account, their freedom bank account is almost like bankrupt. They don't really feel that they have the time freedom to enjoy the things that they desire. Um, and even when they do have it, if they physically have it like on their calendar, even though they're there, again, I've talked about this a lot, on vacation or on a date with their spouse or hanging out with their kids, you know, with the kids at the cottage, they can't fully relax and enjoy the riches that they have in that moment because their time poor. They have time poverty consciousness. So let's go quickly through the quick, um, you know, the different types of um, wealth consciousness that there are, the different types of wealth. So um, I like to kind of divide them into six. There's lots of different ideas on this. This is not like my original work, but it's 
kind of a currency that goes, you know, throughout a lot of the coaching world and, you know, different financial and prosperity books and all that. But there's kind of six that I want to unpack. The first one is health wealth, right? And we hear this one a lot. But like, what does it mean when you are fully prosperous, leading a very rich, um, healthy, vibrant life, right? To me, that means that I have more than enough, more than enough vitality, you know, for all of the things that I desire to do. So maybe that is climbing a mountain, going for a three or four hour hike. Maybe that is sliding off the waterfall, going whitewater rafting in Costa Rica, stand up paddleboarding last week at my women's event. That means I have the vitality, the stamina and the energy to make love with my partner, my husband, my wife, and like fully be present and enjoy it all, right? And this is a big one. I'm going to put it out there. Maybe it's I have the the health wealth to have the capacity to hold space for my business and my partner, my wife, my husband, my kids, and you know hobbies that I enjoy and some interests and a community. Like capacity building is a wealth bank account. And some of us have a lot of richness in this area. We have a lot of depth. There's a lot that we got like stores of wealth in this. And some of us are feeling like we are just on that, like we're going paycheck to paycheck with our health wealth, right? Our health wealth account. And so again, when I start unpacking these principles in a minute, um, it doesn't matter which area of wealth you might be abundant in or maybe bankrupt in. But I want you to kind of tune in to which arena are, are these blueprints or these, these laws basically fully operational and which ones are they non-existent in? So the health wealth, you know, obviously we talked about that. Do I have the more than enough, not just barely enough to get by, right? Poverty is like not enough. I do not have enough of this in my stores. Barely getting by, scraping by is paycheck to paycheck. It's like what what most of the world is operating in is either poverty or barely getting by. They don't have any reserve. They don't have any extra, right? It's all about needs, survival, survival, survival. And then the third level is like, we start going into like more than enough. There's an abundance, an overflow of health, of energy. There's stores left over to, to increase, to pour out onto others. So a lot of us, will, I hear things like, I don't have the time, I don't have the energy um, for my husband. I don't have the energy for my kids. I don't have the energy for this. There's no abundance, right? There's no overflow. So you might be starved. You might be in survival, barely getting by. You barely have enough for what you need for the day. You might be in a, in a little bit of an overflow. You might be like, okay, I feel pretty good. There's some extra there. I have some capacity. And there's also this other place that's like total freedom with health. That's like, let's go. I got like more than enough to go around and to share with others and, and, and. And so I'm really fascinated about this world of what I call supernatural wealth, supernatural health wealth. What does it mean when I'm like massively have a lot of vitality? And I think as I'm talking about this, I might actually do a micro podcast on each one of these topics because I feel like I could do an entire, um, I could do an entire course on each one of these, but um, I wanted to check in on that. So health, right? Vitality, right? Stamina, capacity, life force, all of that. How much of that is flowing through you? Are you poor? Are you starving? Are you like a starving artist in this? Do you have just enough? Or are you really operating from an overflow? The second one is 
um, and by the way, these are not in specific order, but the second one is our relational wealth. Right. And our relationship wealth is how wealthy are you? How rich are you in your relationships? So, you know, your intimate relationship, I think, is a huge one. Right. Are you starving? Are you poor? Are you going paycheck to paycheck, barely getting by, scraping by with like, you know, scraps or just getting what you need, but never feeling like so full that you want to like give from a full place, right? You don't want to be generous because like, what if you don't get enough? So this is kind of like a little bit of that hoarding mentality and withholding love and like scraping by with what you have in relationship, like that one compliment, like you got to hold on to it for like months because you never know when the next one's going to come or that one trip that you took as a couple or that one thing, right? Because it's not the norm to be in abundance in your relationships, an abundance of compliments, an abundance of building each other up, an abundance of support, an abundance of um, connection and conversations that are beautiful, right? How many people out there in their relationships are living for like the major holidays, like Christmas, um, Valentine's Day, their anniversary, like maybe that's the one time <laughs> they have sex or they exchange gifts or they actually experience closeness with their partner. It's crazy to me, but I understand it. So when we look at relational prosperity, relational wealth, I believe it's all relationships. And again, we could break these down into all kinds of categories, but like, where are you at when it comes to my, my intimate relationship with my husband, my wife, what about with my children, right? How many parents is like, man, there's just not enough of me to go around. Like the kids are fighting for my attention. They're fighting for my affection. They're fighting. And maybe your wife or your husband is fighting for your affection, your and your energy stores, but maybe it's also your relational stores, right? You might have some faulty belief systems in these arenas, some faulty laws around relationship prosperity. Like, well, there's just not, there's only so many amazing men. There's only so many amazing women. You know, there's only so many intimate moments you can have. There's only so much you can explore with someone, right? There's only so much of me they will love, right? There's all these programs that run, right? And, and again, like they kind of filter into other arenas, but they, we can also be really good at compartmentalizing them. So when we look at our intimate relationships, our relationship with our kids, um, our relationships with our community and our network, like, do we have a rich network of beautiful people that we get to connect with? I feel so blessed. Like, this is why I'm so, I mean, adamant and relentless and ruthless and all my favorite words about investing in quality connections, like whether it's masterminds or clubs or community events or coaching programs where you're in other people or churches or, you know, it doesn't matter, but that you're getting around and investing time, energy, and money, resources, your gifts in building your network, your community. And this is something probably out of all the relational arenas that I'm leaning into more in this season is, um, you know, I invested a lot of my relational um tokens, you know, my, my money, I guess, into the children when they were younger, but I had some faulty belief systems around relational wealth. Like there wasn't enough of me to go around. Right. And I didn't understand the prosperity consciousness and how it could actually help me operate in my relationship. So there was more than enough of me to go around and which allowed me to go deeper 
with the people in my life. So I pushed certain relationships away for seasons or for decades or whatever. Cause I was like, well, there's, I just like, no, <laughs> that's not possible. Right. I had a poverty consciousness around it. So as I'm moving into this season now, like Mark and I've been talking a lot, like, what does it look like to continue to build the health and wealth of our network? Like where we're really rich in our network. And we realized even these last two weeks, you know, as we're having conversations about different things, whether it was real estate or different business ventures, um, uh, events that were coming up in the future, things that we're excited about. We kept thinking of all these amazing people in our network that could collaborate with us or that we could reach out to as a resource or that we wanted to invite in. And um, even today, as I'm recording this, I just put out um, very quickly, like a brief, you know, invitation for a bunch of couples to come to a retreat <clears throat> that we're hosting in February and the amount of response I got from people just within our network um, that are not necessarily all clients, but they're just circling in our atmosphere and we've been building and cultivating wealth with them. So it's awesome. So by the way, yes, we're hosting a couples retreat. I'll be hosting a couples retreat in February with my husband, Mark. It's going to be amazing in Mexico, beautiful, beautiful oceanside accommodations, five-star everything and epic coaching on communication, clarity, and shared vision as a couple. If you guys want to learn more about that, I can drop a link in the comments so you can reach out to me um, and uh, learn more about that. But um, so relational, relational wealth, right? Are you just scraping by or do you feel like you're very abundant in this arena? Uh, and I'm going through these quickly because, again, I think I will unpack these in a future episode. The next one is really I want to talk about our financial wealth, right? So like our literally the money in our bank account, how much currency is moving through us. So whether we're using the terminology of money, we're using the terminology of currency, it's all representing a current, right? There's a streams of income. There's streams that are flowing in and out of our lives. So how much wealth, financial wealth, right? Monetary wealth, are we allowing to circulate in us, through us, around us, through our the different ways that we deliver services, the way, different ways that we do business, that we, um, you know, we connect with people, we serve people, we bring value to the world. And these are all just ways that we're able to express and exchange energy. Um, and one of them is through financial means, right? We build relationships by the value we bring to them. We build relationships by how we show up to the relationships. We build relationships by how open or how close we are to them. It's no different with money, right? Like it's the same thing. It's like, am I building structure to support the money flowing in and out, you know, whatever that might look like. It might look like business structure. It might look like systems, but every relationship has structure and has support systems and every health um, program or your outlook on your health has structure and systems like healthy routines and habits and like workouts and right. So there's structure to each one of these areas and systems that allow this, this prosperity, prosperity to flow and we're like these channels that are just saying, yeah, I'm open and I'm open to it and I'm going to receive more and I'm going to give more. So I'll go through the last couple ones. Um, network, network we talked about, financial. The next one is gifts. Gifts are talents, are talents. I talk a lot about scripture. I refer scripture a lot. I'm going to refer a lot of scripture today. But when we think about our talents, our God-given gifts, 
You know, they were just bestowed. You didn't have to earn them. You didn't have to prove. You didn't go to school for them. You didn't take a course um, to learn your gifts. Maybe you took a course or you worked with a coach to help you unlock your gifts because a lot of us have these dormant gifts, right? And it's kind of like found money. <laughs> There's actually a book called Found Money um, where you can, it shows you all these different way, um, places in your life that you can start to find extra money. And I kind of think like our gifts are like that a little bit. They're always in us. They've always been in us. But oftentimes we won't acknowledge them. We don't recognize them. We water them down because either they're so natural for us that we don't even see them. It's just like, we kind of goes over our head or they have been put down, right? By other people in our circle. It could have been through bullying, through siblings, through parents, through people that didn't recognize them within us or were threatened by our gifts or whatever. The enemy always tries to attack you at your talents and your gifts. Because he knows that once you awaken those God-given gifts, man, watch out. Things really start to multiply in your life. So I'm very excited um, to be doing more work in this arena as well as I continue to unlock more of mine. I'm, I'm feeling inspiration coming on to do even maybe a course on this. And you guys, I'm coming in this season of like a lot of creative flow coming through me. And this is just evidence of the wealth consciousness, evidence of the prosperity consciousness, of the supernatural blueprints that um, I'm moving into the place where woo, there's more than enough, like more than enough ideas, more than enough programs, more than enough things like structures to support me being able to support others. Like it's beautiful. And yet it can get chaotic if you don't have systems in place. But, um, and that's why we're going to talk about some of the beliefs is that having those support systems in place is so key. So when you go back to your talents and your gifts, like how many people have I worked with? And I include, again, every time I say people I've worked with, because people I've worked with are reflection also of often where I was at one point in my life, you know, are so unaware of the wealth of gifts that they've been given. Again, they have been given, not the wealth of gifts that they earned. This was not transactional over decades. And then they kind of stored them up and it's like, oh, I have all these talents and all these gifts. You have skills for sure. You may have developed talents over time and you invest in your talents. But it's funny that once we really um, uncover our talents and maybe you did as a young athlete, you discovered, man, I'm really athletic. I'm gonna invest in my golf game. I'm gonna invest in my swimming. You know, I'm gonna invest in this skill. Um, you kind of unlock your talents and then you start to invest in your talents and then you start to multiply your talents, right? And then you bring it, you, you're also like bringing your talents to the world. So this is true for any of these areas. The first step is like recognizing it, you know, appreciating it. Then you got to invest, invest in your health, invest in your relationships, invest in your talents. You got to invest in order to multiply, right? Otherwise, you be poor forever. You got to invest time, invest money, invest energy, invest um, the things that matter if you want to multiply the things that matter. Last two I want to talk about is spiritual wealth, right? When I think of spiritual wealth, I mean, I think of the books of Proverbs. I, the whole Bible is so amazing. It's chock full of wisdom, but I love the book of Proverbs. There's so much wisdom. But spiritual richness to me feels like being so deeply connected to the spirit, right? It's like really like oh, 
the, you could feel the spirit moving in you. You could feel the spirit guiding you. You have this wisdom. You have insight. You have access to the wisdom and insight because you have opened your spirit up to receive. And again, acknowledge the spirit of God that is alive in you. Each one of you listening, you know, the lie that the world has told us is that God is outside of us, but God is alive in us right? I can do all things through Christ who is alive in us. And when God breathed you into existence, the first breath into man and woman was a breath of life. The life is life itself. So God is life and he breathed life into us. So once we awaken to this, not only is a concept, but this reality that is like, wow, God literally is alive in me. As long as I'm living, I have access to this beautiful spiritual intimacy and spiritual richness and wealth of wisdom and of insight, man, things in your life really begin to look up. Things really begin to multiply. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's not without work, without trials and all of the things, but you start to feel rich. And there's been times again, where I have felt you know, I have lost maybe material things. We lost homes, we lost businesses. And I call it now, instead of losing, I call it reorganizing. Because again, this is an extra lot, it's not on here, but when things feel like they're being lost, they're actually being reorganized and uh, recycled, right? And upgraded. So it really changes your relationship with things exiting your life when you realize like there is divine order, there is divine orchestration. And what looks like a loss to my physical eyes in the spiritual world is simply a reorganization. And, and so that I can receive the next level or the deeper level of richness that is for me. So you can't be holding on to stuff, right? Again, grasping onto the past, grasping onto physical things, grasping onto relationships, grasping onto anything. The way you used to work out when you were 20, but now you're 50 and you're still trying to do your 20 old workouts. I mean, I've seen guys and girls do this all the time. They're grasping onto a version of themselves that they used to be. They're grasping onto an old idea of how their relationship should be or who their partner was when they first met them. Or they're grasping onto a season of their life that they call the good old days. Or they're grasping onto expectations of how something should look in the future. It doesn't matter. But anytime you're grasping, you're out of alignment with the laws of abundance. The laws of abundance says, open your hands, open your hands, be ready to receive, right? Open your hands so that you can receive and open your hands so you can let things go. So you can put things down, open hands, right? You can embrace, you can hold space, but don't grasp, don't hold tightly um, with the grasping energy, which is fear, which is fear, my last. The last type of wealth I want to address, I already kind of touched on it, is time wealth. And I did an entire episode on this, you know, earlier on. Again, we'll link that in the show notes. But time wealth, freedom of time to do what you love, time to enjoy yourself, time to be with your family, time to be with your husband, time to be with your wife, time to study, to learn. I love to study. I'm a student at heart, you know, and I, used to try to cram um, courses in or studying things in between, kind of like in between my work. And actually, I love Ryan Holiday. I think it is. Um, The ego is the way or the obstacle. The obstacle is the way. Sorry, the obstacle is the way. Um, He wrote several books. But um, Ryan Holiday, I love what he said. Like, he is an author. 
But also he talks about reading and how he's a voracious reader. And he's like, reading is my job too. Like, I just love to read. And so I schedule, like I invest lots of time, copious amount of time throughout my day to just sit and read. And literally he is considering this work and play. And it's so satisfying and it feeds his gifts and it feeds his financial prosperity and it feeds his relationships. And I just, as I now kind of wrap this little bow on these like five or six health, relational, talent, financial, spiritual, and time freedom, six different types of wealth. What I believe my definition of wealth is when we are truly prosperous in all areas and one type of wealth that we have cultivated begins to support all of the other areas, the wealth and the multiplication of all the other areas. I believe that what poverty consciousness is and a lot of the world's programming around wealth or financial quote unquote freedom has taught us is that, well, you might have one or two types of wealth, but they usually come at the expense of the other types of wealth. So it's very difficult for people who are stuck in the world's programming, the empire systems programming, to really be in the space of like, well, I can have it all. Um, and I, I, I don't like the word deserve it all, but I'm created for it all because the world has convinced us so much. Well, if you want all of this, that means you have to give up all of that. Or you got to like settle over here so you can have all of that like it kind of rocks our mind, our logical mind to be like, really? Like, what does it look like when I actually am prosperous in an overflow in health wealth and also prosperous and overflow in connections and network and like intimacy with my partner and I'm overflowing in my talents and there's financial abundance and there's like the spiritual richness and there's time freedom. Like, well, like that's a lot for our brains to kind of wrap their head around, right? And I want to just say, like, I'm a very practical girl. I'm highly energetic. I'm very, very, you know, I, I mean, my relationship with God is everything, but I, and I'm also very practical. I believe like we are here on this earth. Our feet are on this earth soil for a reason. I don't believe we're here to transcend to some higher plane. I believe we serve a God who came down into human form, who meets us where we're at every single day is alive in our bodies. We don't need to escape our bodies to go find God somewhere else. A lot of people try to do that, but we are very like, we're in this beautiful 3D reality. But, and also we are living in these amazing emotional and spiritual bodies. And it's like all of these things are coexisting at the same time, the physical, the mental, emotional, and the spiritual realms are all like synergistically, um, simultaneously working together, right? And there's so many multidimensional realms at play. I talk about this a lot. So it's so cool that when we move just beyond having to think about how it looks in the physical and we start to really open ourselves up, we can go, okay, what does it look like in this supernatural when, when I'm activated in all of these areas? And I can start to really live in the place of overflow, not just by the physical laws of abundance, which is mostly the worldly laws of abundance, right? The black and white, how you see it, but in the supernatural laws of prosperity and abundance. So I want to start by saying that the first thing, level number one, and I'm going to kind of go through these quick, but again, in no particular order, and by no means are these all the laws I live by or I believe, 
there's just a handful I wanted to share today is that the belief number one is that we are created. You know, we are created. Prosperity is our design. Um, so we are designed to be prosperous. We are, you know, created for it. We're not created to settle. We're not created to have part of this um, or to have most of it. And I love that verse from Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, it's something I recite often. I speak a lot of verses of affirmations over my life. And then I give myself evidence of how they have truly come to pass. But Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans, plans that I have for you, says the Lord. I have plans for you to prosper, to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And so I just meditate on this so often. And it's something I declare out loud, like, God, you have plans of prosperity and a beautiful future for me. And you made these plans way before I ever showed up to the scene, right? So like before I was ever created and life was breathed into my mother's womb, like there was already plans for these beautiful gifts to be unlocked, for prosperity, for me to bring more life to life that was on this planet. And so I just love that because when I think about, wow, anytime I start to doubt, you know, should I, am I worthy of prosperity? Am I worthy of having an amazing future? It's like, um, I'm pretty sure that's the world programming messing with me. And also I can just honor my design for my creator. So again, I love to ask like, when I tune in, when I'm praying, when I'm meditating, journaling is like, okay, what are the desires you've placed in my heart? Am I actually following the desires, the seeds of desire that you've planted in my heart? Is there a vision that you're bringing to me that has kept showing up over and over again in my life that I have not acted on? I think dreams are God-given seeds that are meant for us to take action on, to ignite, right? And so many of us are like downplaying it and watering it. And we are denying the plans that he has for us, just like our parent with our children. You know, I get out of the way. They have their ways and I'm here to support them. But there's something beautiful when I say, God, you know, what are your plans? You know, I can, I can, I have the dream, which was given to me. I have the seeds of desire, which were given to me. The more I give oxygen to that. And then I start to say, show me the way, show me the way. And it's like his way, not my way, right? Um, his plans, not my plans, but I have the vision. I have the desires, right? I have these inspirational things. And then my job is really to obey and to, to cultivate the relationship with those dreams, the relationship with the visions, the relationship with the desire in a healthy way. And um, it's amazing that once you start to get this, like the divine orchestration of things showing up to support you really does happen quite quickly. So that's one thing. Um, the other core belief, really, this one sits at the top of everything is that Creation reveals, like creation is the ultimate teacher of prosperity. When you um, look at, you know, I'm just going to read Romans 1.20. Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, clearly understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Let me say that again. Since the beginning of the world's creation, God's invisible qualities. So you're like, okay, the creator of everything, who has access to all resources, made every single thing, right? 
His eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen and can be clearly understood by what he's made so that man will have no excuse. Whoa, this is why I am such a student of nature. Like I absolutely love being in creation. When I sit by a waterfall and I look at how powerful that water is flowing and what's really required for that water to flow is really like having a solid structure in place, right? The banks on the river and you look at that water flowing, it gets me thinking like, okay, do I have structure in place that can support the amount of life force that wants to flow through me right now? What does that structure look like for me, right? Build structure, get team around you, right? Get some infrastructure in place, frameworks or whatever, get automation of flow, automate flows of money, automate habits, automate. It's just being, creating flow so that the flow just keeps going. It always has a place to go, right? And when we become students of creation, we realize that creation doesn't grasp. Again, going back to that, the laws of prosperity is that Creation creates structure. Like if you look at where there's a lot of flow, there's some structure to support the flow. It's the masculine and the feminine. You know, everything is going deep, deep, deep into the ground. There's roots and ecosystems built below what you can see in order for things to grow. Things, there's a circle of life. There's seasons and cycles to things, right? So once you start to observe nature, you start to realize, okay, there's seasons and cycles to things right? What season am I in right now with my business in our relationship? What if I stop fighting this season and actually try to learn from it, right? So supernatural laws of prosperity, you know, is really observe creation, become a student of creation, then do what you see, because God's power, God's um, divine nature is revealed by what he's created. And, you know, how perfectly everything is supplied for each season in perfect order. We can have, we have so much to learn by observing nature, right? And uh, honoring the cycles, honoring the rhythms of life, looking at where there's flow, looking at where things grow and flourish. What is the environment where things are flourishing and growing? What's the environment where things are dying, right? And we start to look at this and then we can apply these laws over to different areas in our, our life. Um, so, I mean, creation reveals the laws, get to observe, honor, and respect creation, become a student of creation. This does not mean I worship creation. This does not mean I sit here and like, you know, yeah, I don't worship creation, but I, I'm a student of it because it's like observing a piece of art that an artist made and painted. And you love the art. But it reveals so much about the heart of the artist. And you can learn so much, but it really requires slowing down, right? It requires slowing down so you can see, slowing down so that you can allow. And I was literally on a call with a client right before I recorded this podcast. And she said, Christine, I'm slowing down. And time is little. I have more time than I ever had. I'm slowing down. I have more time than I ever had. I have time for everything and so much more. And we started laughing. Because I said, that's a supernatural law of time wealth, that when we actually slow down, we multiply time, right? A supernatural law of wealth consciousness is that when I create banks to the river, when I give 
my money a place to go, right? Flow, it flows like a river. And the more it comes in, the faster the river can flow, right? It's like rain coming down. When things are pouring in, if the structure is in place, there's a lot of flow can happen, right? But um, how many of us are operating our lives with no structure, no structure in our day? for our workouts, no structure in our in our finances really for money to flow, no channels for things to go, no structure in our day when we're at work. So our attention is all over the place. And so literally we're we end the day and we're feeling energetically poor. We're exhausted, right? We're feeling time poor because we feel like we got nothing done. And we literally did not have banks in place, structure in place, time blocks in place to channel all of our energy, all of our life force. So not only can it multiply, but it actually can get stronger and move more. One of my favorite questions is always like, how do I allow more to happen in me, through me and around me with less of my energy involved? And so this literally I learned by becoming a student of nature and watching rivers, right? And how they flow. I don't know if this is like too philosophical, but um, I just love it. And I want to share one more thing about nature is that, you know, when you look at Matthew 6, 26 says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow. They do not reap. They don't store their stuff in barns. They're not hoarding, right? Yet your heavenly father feeds them every day. Are you not that much more valuable? So whenever I find myself fretting and stressing and anxious about like, oh my gosh, where's the next thing going to come from? Or, you know, are we going to be okay? And there's a lot of talk right now about the recession. I really do believe, again, this is a core belief of mine. I'm going to put this out there. Another core belief of mine around prosperity consciousness is that we are created to be multipliers in a world that contracts, right? You hear me say it all the time. I do not have to fret. I'd be anxious about nothing. Everything I need is always supplied in perfect order and perfect timing, just like the birds of the air, just like the lilies. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these lilies. When we begin to observe nature and we see how beautiful the mountains and the valleys and the gardens are and how everything has such a perfect design and there's more than enough oxygen for all of the flowers. There's more than enough, you know, um, sunlight to shine on all the flowers. We don't have to compete for sunlight. We don't have to compete for oxygen. We don't have to compete for air. And this brings me into, you know, another belief system that there is no such thing as competition, really. Competition is man-made. Competition is man-made. We can trust God's provision. There's more than enough for his creation. And just look and observe. Nature is perfect evidence of that. How much more does he love and sustain us as his children, as his sons and daughters? You know, worry stems from what we cannot, what we only see with our physical eyes and what we can't see with our eyes. Um, but I love that, you know, we, once we start walking in these supernatural laws, we're looking we're really living in the present moment and um, we, we can begin to notice things way beyond what meets what meets the eyes. We know that things are in winter when everyone else is freaking out like, oh my gosh, there's no money coming in. Oh my gosh, my body is inflamed right now. I'm suffering from this ailment. It feels like winter. 
but there's always something going on in winter. That's like, okay, if I can rest and I can relax when it's winter and I can, you know, I'm not going to put out as much energy, but I'm going to really be insightful. I'm going to go within. This is a great time to make decisions. It's a great, great time for deep nourishment. It's a great time for recovery. It's a great time for simplicity. Then I can actually, I become much richer in that season because the roots are going deeper. And when spring comes, everything starts blooming again. And it's beautiful. Um, and I've seen this in the health world, right? People will get injured and it feels like winter sets in all of a sudden, right? And they will not chill out. They will not slow down because they're so stuck in poverty consciousness. That's like, if I stop working out, then I'm going to get fat. I'm going to get sick. I'm going to do this. I can't stop. I got to keep going. They're grasping. They're forcing. But when we really look at nature, nature does not force. And so I believe that the supernatural laws for truly living in abundance and in prosperity is to, you know, move with the natural rhythm and flow of life instead of forcing and fighting against it. And this is a subtle thing. So you got to train yourself of what that looks like and feels like, right? But really noticing in your life, where are all of the things that you're constantly fighting against? What does it look like if you just slow down a little bit, take a step back, breathe, and start to ask, you know, the situation, your body, whatever money right now, if money's tied or if relationships are not well, start asking, what is that you're trying to teach me? What is that you're trying to show me? Where am I off course, right? Where would you like me to redirect? And can I relax? Um, so just some beautiful, beautiful things. Um, and another core belief here is that, you know, what you put out always comes back in multiples. We hear this with money, right? Like if you invest when you're young, it's going to come back like crazy. And we see the compound effect, right? The compound effect is real. We see it in the world. But energetically, there's also this like boomerang that goes out. And whatever we initiate, whether it's a text with our spouse, whether it's a, a new workout routine, whether it's, um, you know, we're looking for a place to go traveling, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever we initiate, a conversation with someone, be very conscious of what you're investing, what energy you're investing, because whatever you are initiating that process in is what's going to come back to you tenfold. So if you're initiating a relationship from a place of lack, more lack is going to come to you. And I do a lot of work in relationships. So I see men and women do this, but especially, I don't want to say especially men, but kind of, I'm not generalizing guys, but like they have to just, they're grasping for the next relationship. They don't like to be in the space of being alone, being in the void, right? They want relief. They don't want healing. And so they're just kind of like, okay, I need, I'm going to start dating this person. And, you know, they kind of cast out their net and they, they're settling for whoever, whatever will give them attention right? Whatever woman will give them attention. And I spent a lot of time with men. I was just at a retreat with men and the conversations around settling are a real thing where you feel like, man, I'm missing out, like complaining about the woman or women do this. And it's like, we're complaining about what we don't have all the time instead of honoring what we do have and being selective. And also when we're, when we are initiating that we're doing so from a place of I want to bring myself to a relationship. So let me be selective. Let me appreciate what's here. And let me bring myself to the relationship instead of looking for something just to serve us. Again, that's completely out of alignment with the supernatural law of prosperity is to be a, a taker, a taker, a taker. But give, right? What you put out always comes back in multiples. So if you are putting out 
energetic, consciously or unconsciously, by the way, because a lot of this is unconscious. You got to check yourself. If you're putting out that you're lacking and you are lonely, right? And you're accepting dates and you're accepting behavior because you're lonely and whatever, and you're just settling. Trust me when I tell you, it will come back to you seven to 10 times over more loneliness and more settling and more dissatisfaction. So, you know, pull yourself back, become aware. What is the energy that I'm initiating even this investment in, right? Am I doing it out of pressure? Am I doing it because I'm truly inspired because I feel calm and um, at peace with it? Like, what is your, um, what are you putting out, right? Basically is what I'm trying to say. And a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will also be refreshed. Proverbs 19.8 says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others. Think about refreshing. Refreshing is like, I'm bringing life to others. I'm bringing my gifts to others. I'm adding life. I'm building you up. Whoever builds other people up, whoever brings more joy, more life, more love, will be refreshed themselves. I mean, that word alone, I'm like, oh, I'm so refreshed, right? I'm so nourished, I'm so refreshed. And again, in all my coaching, a lot of times people love to spend a copious amount of times talking about what their partner isn't doing for them, right? What their partner is doing wrong, what everybody, how everyone else is not living up to their expectations, how their employees this or that, that. And it's like, are you refreshing them? Are you refreshing your partner? Are you building him up? What are you pouring in? What are you putting out? Or are you going to the well just to drink? Are you going just to take? You know, I've, I've talked about this many times on this podcast, but you know, a king, your kingdom exists for your people. It's not just for you. You receive the blessings because, you know, it feels so good to provide for them, to laugh with them, to feast with them. And I really do believe that a lot of people think like, we're here, you know, just so that God can have this human experiment and whatever. But I really do believe God is here for us and we're here for him. It's a relationship. The more we delight in his creation, the more we delight in the gifts he gave us, the more we delight in the people in our lives, the more he delights us and surprises us with more beauty. So how much time are you spending delighting? Or are you spending a lot of time complaining and comparing? And competing. Again, supernatural law says there's no competition. Everything is co-creating. Everything is collaborating. Even your adversary right now, what you perceive as an adversary is actually your ally. Because that person, that thing, that obstacle in your life, it's just there to strengthen you, to ignite and activate a gift inside of you that's maybe been dormant. So we can look at another business as competition. We can look at other, you know, I used to look at other coaches and be like, oh my gosh, I'm not there. And I was in this comparison game and I was competing and I was always in lack and I was struggling financially. And I was like, what is going on? And I realized that spirit of competition, that spirit of comparison, it will cut prosperity right out of your life. And um, you might make money, but it will not multiply easily. It will not come easily, right? You might make connections, but they don't come as easily. And this is well, like, I'm kind of all over the place, but I'm not because I, you know, talk about a grand scheme of things. But like when people are cold messaging you all the time that you've never met, you've never had in a relationship with them. And they're like, hi, I want to sell you something basically in your DMs. And you're like, go away. <laughs> That's like somebody spamming you on a date and saying, hi, you want to sleep with me? It's our first day. Like, or I don't even know you, but let's go out and sleep together. It's like, wait, what? 
right? So as we come into relationships, like, are we going to give? Are we going to connect? Are we going to co-create and collaborate? Are we just in this, like, okay, everything's in competition and we're running out of time and we're running out of relationships and we're running out of opportunities and we need to get more market share. Um, and it's crazy because it's in everything, you know, this psychology, this also this, this collective consciousness of lack of running out is everywhere. I'm running out of years on my life. I'm running out of money. I'm running out of opportunity. And then literally it doesn't matter how much money or how many trips you go on or how many dates you go on, you still feel like there's never enough. So part of it is like, when I talk about prosperity, it's not only about having these experiences, but it's also tapping into the emotion and the feeling of having more than enough. So as my client said earlier today, like, man, the more I slow down, the more time I have, you know, to do the things I love. And she is enjoying her time. So there is a feeling of time wealth. She's connected to the time wealth that she has. So let's review a little bit. Number one, creation is our greatest teacher, right? Creation is always inhaling and exhaling. Creation has cycles and seasons. So prosperity has cycles and seasons. And even though I don't physically see it right now, things are reorganized and I'm already prosperous, right? If things haven't bloomed yet, start operating as if they're in the process of blooming, right? Stay focused on that, right? All um, what we put out always comes back in multiples. Not it's not one for one. It always comes back in multiples. Be generous in all things. So I ask you this. What have you been holding back on? What time have you been holding back on? What energy have you been holding back on? What gifts have you not been honoring? The more you pour out, the more you receive. The more you receive, the more you're inspired to pour out. Mark and I talked about that in the last podcast, the more I'm able to receive, then I'm like, I'm so full, there's nowhere else for it to go. I've got to let some of it go, whether it's money, whether it's health, whether it's experiences, like I can give so generously because I'm living in overflow. So the more you say, yes, God, thank you. I see what you're doing. Thank you for this amazing relationship. Thank you for this amazing opportunity. Thank you for these clients. Thank you for this experience. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we're in that place of thank you. We become so full. And naturally, a byproduct of that is the letting go, letting go, pouring back into the world. So we talked about those. Everything is provided in perfect time and perfect order. Prosperity is my natural birthright, a prosperous um, life is my design. And I want to kind of wrap today by bringing us back to that story um, and kind of one of my other core ones, which ties into all of these, is that really we are designed for a beautiful, prosperous, abundant life, you know, and I believe that everything that is God's is also ours and everything is his first. So let's not kid ourselves and be like, well, I'll give you 10% or I'll give you this or I'll give you this amount of my time in the morning. It's like, really, it all belongs to him. And all of creation belongs to God. And what's beautiful about this is if it's all his and you are a son and you are a daughter and he's alive in you, that means that all of it is also yours when you honor it, when you appreciate it, when you recognize it. Just like a child, you know, that you love so dearly. And they're growing up in your house and you're like, everything, you know, what's mine is yours. Like, I'm here. I'm here to pour out onto you. And uh, our father wants to pour out the blessings on us. Uh, like the feast 
for our senses. Life is like a feast for our senses. And the more we can tune into this, the joie de vivre, the joy of living, the joy of life, and delight in it and celebrate it and ditch any guilt around it. Like this is literally what we're created for. And it brings me back to the story of the prodigal son, you know, and there's a story in, in, in the Bible about in Luke 15 about the prodigal son. And there was a man who had two sons and the younger of them said to the father, Hey, give me a share of the property that's coming to me. Cause he had a lot of property. So he said, Hey, I want, basically I want the money <laughs> for this property. And not even a few days later, this, the younger son took all the money he had made or took all the money the father gave him. And he went out on a journey and he was reckless with the money. He spent it all. He partied, he had prostitutes. He was basically just, you know, got rid of all this beautiful wealth. And then the other um, brother stayed home and was under the father's care on the father's land and under that provision. But when the younger son ran out of money and realized he was sleeping with pigs, he was like, why am I sitting here groveling? Why am I sitting here suffering? And sleeping with pigs when my father's house is so great and he has everything let me go back to him let me apologize and let me let him know that look i am no longer worthy maybe to sleep in the big house but like hire me you know i'll work i'll work i'll earn it would you just take me back in kind of like a begging energy right so the young son goes back to the father and then what happens is, you know, he comes back, he says, dad, I, I sinned, I disobeyed, I squandered all your money away, right? I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Um, but the father instead says, shh, be quiet. And he called the servants and he said, bring me the best robe, bring everything. You know, my son is alive. He thought his son had passed away. And he was so happy that his son came back to him, that they had a huge feast, right? And they celebrated that he was home. And, um, received him safe and sound. And then there was the older brother who came in and said, wait, wait a second. I have been working here in this estate and you never did this feast for me like this. And, uh, you know, I love what the father says there. And it's a great reminder for all of us where he says, son, to the older one, you have always been with me. All that is mine has always been yours and is always yours. It was fitting to celebrate and fitting to be glad because I thought your son was dead and now he is found. He is back home. He is alive. And he too gets to receive abundantly. You know, I added that last piece of he too gets to receive abundantly, but that is the story. You can go back and read that in Luke. Um, but it's a beautiful story for me on so many levels because it reminds me that everything is created to be really like everything is his to begin with our money, our time, like we came into this world with nothing, we're going with nothing. And while we are here, we can live in the house and we can be feasting and we can be enjoying and we can be serving our father and we can be delighting in the gifts that he gave us. And, and as he says to the older son, hey, if you're living in my house, everything that's mine is yours, you know? And also sometimes we, we go astray and we miss the mark and we go off our own way and we want to do it our way. We think that we have better ways to make money and better ways to do health and better ways to do our relationship. And we can really get off track and we can make some bad decisions along the way. And, and then we can get stuck in this place of shame and guilt and, and fear. Like I don't deserve, I don't deserve the good things in life anymore. I don't deserve an amazing woman. Um, you know, I had some beautiful conversations with some men last weekend about this, you know, we 
get divorced and we make mistakes, we do things, we say things, you know, and we can easily fall into the place where it's like, I don't really deserve this incredible relationship. And I just want to say, you know, I don't deserve that much prosperity in my life. And so below the surface, subconsciously, I think we just accept and that lie, which is a lie of the enemy, because that's not how God operates, that wants to keep us disconnected and away from our, our home. Home, you know, abundance is our home. Abundance is your natural state. Being under this house of God where where there's joy, where there's delight, where there's feasting, and there's more than enough for everyone to go around is home. This idea that if you're happy, then someone else is sad is ridiculous. This idea that if you are abundantly wealthy financially, someone else is poor is also a man-made concept. There's more than enough love for your relationship to be amazing and everyone in your circle to have amazing relationships. There's more than enough in God's kingdom. There's more than enough in the supernatural. The world has convinced us that there's only so much. The world has convinced us that we're so disconnected from God or we've come so far down our own path that we can't go back, right? And uh, what I love about the supernatural, the spiritual realm, is that, you know, just like that, you can make the decision to switch. And um, it might take a little bit of time for the physical to realign in your life. But I'll tell you, the minute you decide to come back to the abundant home, the place of prosperity, and you, you know, come back into that invitation as a son or as a daughter of the one who created you, everything in you, everything in this world. And you say, God, show me the way, show me the plans you have for me to prosper. Show me the gifts. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you for the gifts that are already in my life. Let's start to walk this walk together. Um, I'll tell you that uh, the feast, the feasting begins. And I'm, I'm saying that the feasting can look like so many different things, right? But the feasting to me is a state of true joy and delight. And uh, we just want to invite more and more people into that place. So I want to thank you. Thank you for joining me today. I hope that this was helpful. I, I know I felt like maybe I was a little bit sharing a lot of different concepts and principles with you. And there's so many here. But I'll tell you that for me, these things really, I took these to heart. And I starting with looking at creation, to be quite honest, because I had read a lot of books on how to make money. I had attended conferences. I've read a lot of books on like relationships and I've read, I've been in the health industry for 20 years and I never felt super, you know, rich and prosperous and gave myself permission to truly have it all basically until I really began to become a student of creation and fully came into my role as a daughter of the most high, a daughter of this immaculate creator who wants everything for us so that we can bring everything to others. Because the more you are full, the more you have to give. And ultimately that is part of this beautiful ecosystem that you are in. So I realized today that the more I withhold from myself, the more I withhold from others. I can only take people where I've gone. I can only give people what I have, right? So the more I go places, the more I have that within me, gifts, light, love, financial gain, um, blessings in my life, the more I have to give. And um, that is what makes the world a more and more beautiful place and the ecosystem more and more full of life force.
right? So I hope that this lands for you. I always love to hear from you guys. You can connect with me on Instagram at, at the Christine Jewel. You can drop in below if you are interested in learning to work together so that you can create a truly prosperous life, whether that's relationship prosperity that you desire. But I, I really do believe we are created for an extraordinary life. There's absolutely zero, zero reason for you to be settling right now. So if you know that you're withholding, that you are settling, that you are not stepping into all that God has for you, I really encourage you to reach out. I have several ways that I can support you. You can um, click on the comments below, apply to work with me, and we can redirect you in the right uh, path. Until next time, here's to living abundantly and embracing a, um, a spirit of prosperity throughout your life. Thank you for being here. Until next time, here's to loving fiercely, leaning courageously in the untamed life. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors. Here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.